Ladies and gentlemen, it's the CUSA Report Podcast. Welcome to it. It's championship week. Western Kentucky traveling to San Antonio to face UTSA. And, uh, you know, I, I, I cannot tell you how excited I am about the whole thing. I think uh, these are two of the most entertaining teams. If not the two most entertaining teams. They've certainly been the best teams. Um, you know, this this season and that's what you want right it's not really like uh you know you don't have that feeling like oh well maybe we really are missing somebody you know like uh, this this team is probably the 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 team that deserved to be there you know until i jumped up no this is it it is these two teams um utsa has been has been good and obviously they've had a lot of shine um you know uab north texas Middle Tennessee uh, have been good recently, right? You know, like obviously North Texas beat UTSA. That was a huge win. Got them into bowl eligibility. But the story of the season has been UTSA, right? Um, so let's talk about, right? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, they want to preview the game, obviously. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the, the story of how they got here. The league overall, basically, right? Some notes about the championship game, what to expect, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. So, first of all, how did Western Kentucky get here? Uh, s- finished 7-1 and one on the season. Uh, and it played in the playoff game, which, which I thought was exciting. They played Marshall at Marshall, and now you may be, uh, especially if you're a Marshall fan, you may be uh, a little upset <laughs> what I just said, right? Um, you know, like that uh, Western Kentucky kind of deserves to be here. There's no team that, that's maybe on the outside and saying, well, that should have been us because Marshall lost Grant Wells. Um, was it first half and in the first half, right? Uh, and they had a 14-point lead. They looked like they were handling it. Uh, it looked to me like Western Kentucky was always going to do that, right? They were always going to be there because Bailey Zappi is a baller. Um if you don't know and you hadn't been paying attention, uh, Bailey Zappi is the Houston Baptist transfer to Western Kentucky. Um, he's leading the nation in touchdown passes. He has like 52, I think, right now. I forget exactly the number. Uh, you know, I have I have the stats and things in front of me. I probably could just look at it. Uh, yeah, 52 touchdowns, 4,900, 4,968 yards. He's 406 of 580, 70% completion rating. It's really ridiculous. Um you know, Brandon Dowdy, uh, former Western Kentucky great, 4,100 yards, right? 42 touchdowns, six interceptions. Bailey Zappi has added 10 touchdowns to that. Joe Burrow had, uh, like, the greatest college football season for a quarterback. Uh, you know, he completed 78% of his passes, 4,300 yards, 44 touchdowns against six interceptions. A lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. Um, he has been the, the guy. And... Uh, sort of overshadowing his wide receiver, Jared Stearns, also a transfer from Houston Baptist, came to Western Kentucky. Uh, 123 receptions, 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. Just ridiculous numbers. Um, anyway, th- th- you know, I, uh, we're kind of distracting ourselves um, for a second here. Uh, so now that I am getting distracted, just looking at all these numbers, like, oh, man, really? Him and that and this? Uh, let, let's reset for a second. So Western Kentucky last week 
beat Marshall at Marshall. Uh, West Western started uh, was it one and four, right? You know, played a, played a, um, what was it? Um, Army lost at Army in a close game. Uh, lost at Indiana, and that in retrospect looks like a bad loss because Indiana is pretty terrible. In that game, Indiana pretty much had their way offensively. Uh, kind of passed and and ran wherever and and however they wanted. I, I believe I forget the quarterback's name, but I think he threw for. Ridiculous yards, right? And uh, um, it, it sure looked like, and you know, they they played at number sixteen, Michigan State at the time, uh, and lost thirty-one forty-eight. It was uh, it was a, the kind of game where like Michigan State jumped out early, and then Western Kentucky kind of just started adding points late. Um, but the story through the first five games of the year was while there's a lot of offense, not a whole lot of defense. Um, in the preseason, like if you look back at my power rankings, uh, you know, my meaning com power rankings, we mentioned that uh, Western Kentucky was going to be formidable. I really believed in uh, uh, Kitley, uh, well, yeah, Kitley, the the offensive coordinator. I really believed in Bailey Zappi. I believed in the wide receivers that came over, and I thought, hey, look, if they can keep a little bit of the defense that they've had last couple seasons under Tyson Helton, I think they'll be good. They're dark horse. My, I think my picks were like Florida Atlantic to win, and that looks pretty terrible because they're 3-5. and five. You know, FAU, That my thinking was FAU had um, a year to kind of get uh, more familiar with Willie Taggart's system. They had some talent, right, and Cozy Perry, uh, you know, he, and he did show some really good, nice things throughout the season, but they didn't really put it together. And, and, and you know, that, that kind of came, or that was very evident in these last couple weeks where they, you know, Florida Atlantic loses to Middle Tennessee, they lose to uh, uh, Western Kentucky, you know, they lose to Marshall. Basically all the big games, the games they thought they were going to be competitive in, just nothing there. Uh, Marshall, Marshall was always going to be a question mark, right? You know, sure, they got to the championship game last season. You fire the head coach, that means you lose a lot of stability, uh, a lot of staff left. Um players left you know there was some roster turnover and as many dudes that stayed there's a lot of dudes that left right so you can't just say well we're still good we're still the same team because you're not uh you know there's some question marks like you got talent uh are they going to buy in are they going to be you know doing what what they need to do are they going to be the same kind of marshal um you know uh the, the fact of the matter is Marshall didn't want the same kind of Marshall, right? And they said, hey, the same kind of Marshall means that we lose a home game, right? A home championship game. We want better than that. Uh, so the answer was, well, you have a home, essentially a playoff game, and you lose that too. Now, again, all right, maybe it's not your fault, whatever. Uh, I think credit to, to Charles Huff because the, the question I think uh, put to every coach every season is, like, can you play meaningful games late in the season, right? Or whatever that means. He got Marshall into a meaningful game. They lost it, which is a little bit of a knock. And, you know, maybe back to where you started. Maybe even worse to where you started. Say love you, though. Uh, Western Kentucky, they showed, uh, and, you know, they they did much better defensively second half of the season. A lot of that was because you're playing terrible teams. Um, and, you know, I'm going to go through the schedule. Uh, Western Kentucky played 
UTSA at home. That was kind of a big one, right? You say, okay, well, Michigan State's not really in our league. Indiana, you know, that's a Big Ten team. Maybe we should beat them and we shouldn't have. But, you know, Army, they're they're good. They're a solid program. They're always kind of weird to defend against. Uh, yeah, we blow out UT Martin. You know, who cares? All right, UTSA, this is going to really tell us what's up. At that point, UTSA had already upset Illinois. They were pretty good. And we'll, we'll talk about UTSA in a second. Um, it was a test. What we learned in that game was Bailey Zappi can throw it against a good defense, and he did. Uh, he put up a ton of yards. Uh, I think it was like 500-something yards, right? Um, and we saw the Western Kentucky defense get a stop in a crucial moment. Uh, ultimately, uh, the final score was at 6, right? Uh, 46-52. Western Kentucky had a chance. You score a touchdown, you kick the field goal, you win the game. Uh, Bailey Zappi ended up throwing an interception uh, late in the game, uh, like the final play basically right there. It was, it was a hell of an interception. I forget who did it exactly. I don't have his name in front of me. Um, but great game. Super entertaining. If we get half of the entertainment value of that game in this Friday's championship game, we are in for a treat. Um, after that game, blowout Old Dominion at the time. Old Dominion wasn't very good. Uh, you know, I think that was right before they hit their, you know, because they were like 1-6, and six, right? And then now they're 6-6. Six and six. Just They really came on late in the season. Um, they go, uh, Western Kentucky goes to Old Dominion, to Virginia, right? No, foot. 43-20 winners over there. Play at FIU, another terrible team. Uh, they were not quite as giving up just yet. 34-19 winners there. Then a big game. Home against Charlotte. I was homecoming, right? Blow out Charlotte. Charlotte, uh, they're another team that I was like, you know, they they have Will Healy had them at the ready, basically, right? They they, they jump out to a big season, beating Duke. Everything looks fine. They have a clever offense. They they should, you know, they have talented wide receivers. Uh, Victor Tucker was really, it was really good. Um, they have a good enough defense. You know, the East was very wide open and. So th- this is Western Kentucky just dominating. And I think that, you know, I- if it's not obvious, right, you know, Bailey's Zappi's going for, you know, tremendous yardage and touchdowns. I thought their offense was going to be good. But I was thinking, man, you know, 38, 42 touchdowns. He's going to throw for like 3,700 yards, maybe 4,000 yards. And they'll have good enough offense. And, you know, they just have to have good defense. Their offense has been so good that it just basically bends the game your way. Uh, teams are making decisions based on how good the offense is right they're like well we're gonna you normally we like to do abc but now we're just let's run the ball a lot more keep the ball away from zappy that's gonna be our our game or they feel the pressure to score with them and maybe taking some chances they don't really need to um anyway uh beat middle tennessee a middle tennessee team that is now bowl eligible uh so you know you can't knock them uh beat rice and and again, you know, because like North Texas beat Rice, but North Texas had to go to overtime against Rice, right? Uh, I think UTEP beat uh, Rice. You know, that was a close game. Western Kentucky blows them out. You know, forty-five thirteen winners over Charlotte, forty-eight twenty-one winners over Middle Tennessee, forty-two twenty-one win- winners over Rice, uh, and then this one fifty-two to seventeen over FAU, right? And then uh, continue that up with a blowout over Marshall, fifty-three twenty-one. The defense, you know, allowing 21 points um, is, you know, it's not juggernaut level. It's not Georgia level. But they're doing what they need to do. They are dominating, right? Um, and 
and I think everybody's buying into it. I think UTSA was a two and a half point favorite going into this Friday's game, like when they announced it, uh, like when it became official that Western Kentucky was going to be uh, the opponent. And now that has moved. Last I checked, I haven't checked in the last hour or so. Um, Western Kentucky are favorites, right? Right. And I mean, again, everything I laid out for you, it makes sense. They have a ridiculous offense. Uh, I mean, sure, if Zappi gets hurt, changes the whole entire game, but that's that's the nature of the sport, right? So you can't really, it's it's not really analysis. Um, sorry, I was looking at the stat. I, I just realized that Western Kentucky is one and one all time against UTSA, one forty five seven at home in Bowling Green. They've never played in San Antonio. That was uh, in twenty fourteen, and then you know, uh, obviously that lost in this year in Bowling Green. First time visit San Antonio. I was gonna say that was the case, but uh, I forgot that you know the last time they met in twenty fourteen. I for whatever reason I I thought this was the only the second meeting. Anyway, uh, UTSA. Great season, right? Previously ranked 22nd in the nation, college football playoff, or 15th, if you count the AP poll. Uh, started out beating Illinois at Illinois, 37-30 winners. Uh, I felt like UTSA was a little bit, like, well, I guess let me just say, I thought UAB was the best team in the West uh, coming into the season. Now, it was probably Louisiana Tech, talented, but they had to gel a lot of their talent. UTSA is probably the second-best team, just bringing a lot of talent back. But questions on whether or not they can, you know, execute at, the, at a high level. Uh, and then it's just kind of everyone else. It's like North Texas, they had, you know, the worst defense in the in the nation last year. So it was like if their defense can improve, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say if they're going to be any good. Uh, you know, UTEP, I thought they were going to be terrible. Rice, I thought they were going to be like sort of like what UTEP is now. Southern Miss, I didn't think they were going to be very good. Turns out, you know, they weren't. And then they just decided to to go all Frank Gore all the time. And then, you know, like I said, th- that kind of tech looked like they were going to be that thing. They dropped. Just the the <laughs> the uh, bottom fell out. Ended up firing their coach. Uh, Southern Miss, like I said, injured, but also couldn't find a quarterback. Rice, terrible season. Can't really find anything. UTEP beat up on some terrible teams to start and sort of fell back into the pack as, as they played real teams. North Texas, one and six start. Decided, you know what? Very similar to the Southern Miss. So, you know what? Like, maybe we should just run the ball all the time and have, or like, the number four rushing team in the country by yards per game, which is not the best measure, but the, the stat I know right now. Uh, definitely the best running team in the conference. And they display that by being UTSA, but, you know, let, let's, let's get, let's talk about everybody here. UAB, probably the best team that is not named UTSA. In the entire league, but I mean, like I said, Western Kentucky is very good. Um, and these two, if you, you don't remember, played an excellent game, a quality game that UAB basically won, uh, but then decided they didn't want to be bold and just kind of, kind of got played scared. Bill Clark punts instead of trying to get an inch, uh, even though you know they were having success running against UTSA. UTSA says thank you for the second chance. Uh, and then the the supremely talented Frank Harris decides, you know, let me just you know put an all time drive up, uh, one of the best drives in conference USA history. Just you know, tremendous drama. All that was good, right? So that sets up UTSA. UTSA won the West uh, two weeks ago, or yeah, two weeks ago in terms of uh, you know game weeks. Um, 
they go, they go into North Texas with the idea is like all we're really playing for here is uh to keep our perfect record, right? We'll go to the championship game undefeated. That's really it. And you you know, if you are a um if you want to excuse this loss, there's plenty of reasons to do so. It's cold, it's rainy. We wanted to protect our guys. There's nothing really to play for. Uh, we just really need to stay healthy, right? It's sort of like that bye week before the playoffs in the NFL. And, you know, even though they said the right things, right, um, Jeff Trailer in the week of was like, oh, we're putting that win behind us. Uh, you know, this, that, and the other. They can ruin our season, but we can win theirs. It's a rivalry game, blah, blah, blah. I think the indications that they were not taking it very seriously were like, can we get a plane, boss? They, they asked that question. Um, and, you know, North Texas came out more ready to play. In the end, though, uh, aside from some smack talk and maybe, you know, some hurt feelings, it doesn't really matter. UTSA is still playing for the championship, and that matters more than a rivalry game, um, you know, because you can load that over your rival if you're like, hey, look, we have a conference championship game. Uh, and that's that's basically the case, right? Um, so UTSA seven one, right? They, you know, just let's go game by game. Give you a little bit of uh their history, at least this season's history. At Illinois, thirty seven thirty winners beat up on Lamar fifty four nothing. Just kind of a warm up game. Uh, Middle Tennessee, not really a good team. There was here's that middle area where UTSA kind of didn't play so so well, and I was wondering if you know when were they going to slip up because they sure seemed like they were going to slip up. Turns out they didn't, right? They never really slipped up until the North Texas game. Whereas like a team that was very similar, UAB, slipped up a couple other times. Anyway, uh, Memphis, I mean uh, uh, Middle Tennessee uh, at home. 27-13 winners, not the greatest, you know, effort, you know, sure, Middle Tennessee, if you're a Middle Tennessee fan, you think you're good, but I felt like this should have been a blowout, and then at Memphis, win 31-28, but you went down a ton of points, right, big comeback win, and then, again, start of October, play UNLV at home, a very terrible UNLV team, uh, I forget that quarterback's name, but he passed all over UTSA, I know some concern, like, man, Bailey Zapp is going to slice this up, um, UTSA escaped 24-17 in that game. Uh, then, of course, the Western Kentucky game, win that one 52-46. There's some s concern again. Bailey Zappi jumped out early, passed all over them. Uh, you know, UTSA, this was Frank Harris's best game by far. I think he had like 349 yards passing, like six touchdowns or something. Uh, just dominated. They look like they can score from wherever, whenever. But, crucially, laid down a stretch, couldn't get it. A first down that they needed. Uh, West Kentucky has a chance to win. You're that close, right? You're that close to losing. Um, bounce back from that game at home, homecoming, beat up on Rice, forty-five uh, nothing. Looked like I think this is the game that Jeff Trailer said. You know, basically clicked in all aspects. It was a perfect game kind of deal. Um, big game following that one in October against Louisiana Tech at Louisiana Tech. I believe, if I remember right. That Tech had a bye week leading to this one. It was a chance for Tech to prove that, hey, you know what? We're pretty good. We're not as bad. We have talent. Uh, you know, Austin Kendall came back. Uh, I think Tech had, l did they lose to UTEP the week before? Yeah, they, they they lost to UTEP. It was kind of a big game. So now it's a chance, like, you know, like, all right, we're, we're, we're ready to play. 
they jump out, and I think he scored a touchdown real quick. UTSA <laughs> scores a touchdown real fast. Ultimately, though, Louisiana Tech, um, they 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 didn't do anything in that game. Uh, 45-16 winners. UTSA just completely dominates that. And you're starting to see, hey, man, this team is really good. Uh, I think at this time it's, what, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine and 0 at this point. Every, the nation's starting to take them very seriously. Um, I, I remember this game. I remember being out at, like, a soccer game, and you can start to hear people talk about UTSA in the stands. Uh, some UTSA alums, you know, like, saying, oh, man, I, you know, I was watching. They're whooping La Tech. We're going to be good, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, fast forward, bye week at UTEP, another big game. UTEP at this point, uh, I think they, they had like 35,000 people or something uh, something like this at the, the Sun Bowl, big game. Everybody's looking to take down the, the, the ranked team, and UTSA punches them in the mouth. 44-21 uh, winners in this one, or 23 winners, and uh I think Sincere McCormick scored, like, in the first 15 seconds, just just really establishing, like, hey, we're here. And a lot of this came right around the college football playoff, announcing that UTSA wasn't even ranked, right? So there was a, they were a little miffed. They are like, hey, and there was that whole USDA thing, right? Next week, play Southern Miss at home. Another letdown. Not good. Uh, this was the actual debut of the Frank Gore offense. Uh, and uh, Frank Gore ended up getting hurt here, so I know uh, Southern Miss fans will want me to point this out. Uh, Frank Gore got hurt, and that's sort of when everything kind of started breaking down. Uh, the, the Willis dude, and Javius Willis, was the quarterback. They were split in time. Uh, but he's not as good of a runner. Uh, Gore was like the thunder. Uh, Willis was a little bit of the lightning. And, you know, they hadn't quite practiced it as well, so they didn't really have any counters. It was a very entertaining game if you if you like football. This is the challenge. Will Hall basically just said, we're going to do some high, high school offense. It was very much mother being, uh, the, the mother of, of invention being necessity in this game. We saw it, right? We saw the pregnancy happen, uh, so to speak. Um, <laughs> I realize how that sounds. Uh, after this one, the very big, very huge UAB game. Uh, again, UAB dominated the first half. UTSA... Uh, as a mark of how good they are, they never really got blown out, right? They always stayed within a, a score or two or kept it tied. Uh, they took a lead with a 10-0 um, run in the third quarter. U UAB storms back. They take the lead uh, on a 16-yard run by McBride late in the game. Uh, a crucial drive by U uh, UTSA falls short. There were some questions on whether or not there was an actual completion. The rest are kind of maybe getting a little too involved. They're not really seeing some things. But UAB basically had it won, except they couldn't get an inch, so they didn't win. Uh, UTSA drives down, wins the game, right? So uh, you could see I was uh, we covered the game there. Um, UTSA had like this uh, sense of relief, this you know, uh, like hey, we we did it. And I think you, what I've described is you see a pattern, right? Um, jump out to to really good games, you know, Illinois, Lamar. And then kind of fall back, and you know against Middle Tennessee and Memphis, um, but that that comeback against Memphis, and then you kind of uh, come out flat against UNLV. Uh, you play well against West Kentucky, against Rice, 
Uh, and then against Louisiana Tech, that was the three-week stretch where they looked very good. There was a bye week in there, right, after before the, the UTEP game. They come out in that one, destroy UTEP. That was just amazing. They're, they're hitting on all cylinders and then fall flat against uh, Southern Miss. Come out, play a really good game against UAB, very prepared for it, fall flat against North Texas. So this is, the, you know, their good week, I think, uh, last week's matchup against North Texas, uh, in which North Texas just completely dominated, ran for 340 yards uh, in the game. Uh, there was a lot of fumbles right, that happened. Uh, if you didn't watch that game, the weather played a big part. Three first half fumbles. Uh, you know, uh, one thing I, I enjoy in in this in my position as uh, you know as the guy that covers the whole league is I get you know the press releases from every team. So you know, one team is like we dominated, and then the losing team is like uh, turnovers really helped you out. And that <laughs> that was the case. Like North Texas, like we dominated three hundred four rush yards, were kicking butt. And UTSA says, well, three first-half turnovers helped North Texas build a lead. Um, it's true. Both things are true. Um, you know, you know, if uh, North Texas ran for 340 yards, not because anybody fumbled, uh, but because they ran for 340 yards, right? Uh, however, UTSA did give them the ball a ton and allowed them to run for more yards. Jeff Trailer pulled his, his quarterback, Frank Harris, after he slipped up in the first half. Frank Harris... Ran for 69 yards, got it to within 17-13. Then he fumbles, and North Texas scores immediately after that. So he gets pulled out of the game. Um, makes sense. Save your guy, your playmaker guy. He probably could have made a couple more plays. It didn't really look like it was going to be UTSA's day after that point. Uh, you know, like it just, just things are just were compounding uh, in the negative sense for them. And I can understand the idea of saying, you know what? Let's pull everybody. Let's just play next week. My concern with that uh, is that you're maybe setting a precedent and saying, you know what, this game doesn't matter, but that game matters. And so you're introducing the seed, this germ of an idea that, you know what, some games don't matter. Some games are not important. Some games are important. And, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know that like a Nick Saban says something like that. You know what I mean? Anyway. UTSA, very good team. They're not uh, as bad as they looked against North Texas. Uh, they're maybe not as good as they looked against like a Rice or, uh, um, you know, a Lamar or even UTEP. Some of the fans, uh, North Texas fans, are like, you haven't really played anybody. And uh, I think that's very true. I mean, who, when you look at this list, even the Big Ten win, Illinois, are they that good? No, not really. Um, you know, Middle Tennessee. They're a six and six team, um, you know. Uh, Rice is not very good. Louisiana Tech's terrible, and the, Louisiana Tech's very talented. It's not their fault though, right? You know, you play who you, they put in front of you. UAB was the the biggest test. I think they passed that test, uh, and then there's a slip up against North Texas, which is understandable, right? Western Kentucky is going to be a tremendous matchup for UTSA in this one. Uh, I say all that, you know, like. If you haven't played anybody, and West Kentucky is playing very well, to just give you a sense of why West Kentucky is a little bit favored, uh, well, they favored by a little bit is what I mean to say. Uh, you know, Western Kentucky is is all offense. Um, you know, I guess fortunately, if you're a UTSA fan, you're like, look, they don't run the ball that well. I mean, they run, you know, well, 
Western Kentucky does run the ball well, but not as well as they pass the ball. Right, that's the number one thing. Uh, something to be concerned about, right? Given the nature of it, and if you understand like constraint plays and just keeping teams honest, is that Western Kentucky is going to be looking to um, throw the ball, and when you try to defend that, they will give hand the ball off and 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 do it that way. They also do a great job of doing some old school air raid stuff where they they throw the short stuff and say, you know what, we'll we'll run quote unquote by throwing a short pass, right? It's been successful. Uh, you can, you can, um, what's the word? You can get at Western Kentucky and slow them down. Marshall did a good job of that in the first half. You know, Bailey's happy slipping. Uh, you know, uh, it was cold in that game. I think the thing, the major thing to be concerned about, if you're a UTSA fan, looking how do we defend this team, is that there's no cold, right? Like, so maybe you're like, well, good, there's no cold. We're not going to slip up. We're not going to fumble, that kind of thing. Well, neither is Bailey Zappi, right? Like, it's perfect conditions to throw the ball. Um, so that's not good. Uh, you know, if you, and then you consider that, you know, Frank Wilson, I'm sorry, Frank Harris was fumbling the ball against UAB. Uh, he had that slip up along the two-yard line, right? Um, last couple weeks, he's been beat up. I think North Texas had like five sacks total of all the quarterbacks or something like this. Uh, you know, they, they got to Frank Harris. He took a lot of hits. UAB definitely got to him, uh, and they chased him around. And, you know, Western, they're not going to necessarily do that, but you wonder if those kinds of things take their toll. Jeff Trailer said, hey, you know, you know, he's he's a game time decision every time out here. Um, you know, that's not something you want to be a fact for your quarterback. Uh, mostly he's saying, look, he's he's a tough kid. Uh, he's d- he is dealing with some injuries, but I think it was also some cover for like, we want to protect him, make sure he's okay in uh, in the championship game. I think he'll be fine. I think he's gonna play a good game. Uh, it's gonna be a fun battle between Frank Harris, Bailey Zappi. And I'm excited to watch it. Um, what else? I I don't you know these uh, comparisons, stat comparisons. You know, the the those are not super super applicable. I don't really uh want to read read stats to you. You can read those yourself. I will say that Western, like historically speaking, they've played in the conference championship game before, right? Uh, 2015, they won, led by Brandon Dowdy, 45. 28 winners over Southern Miss. Uh, they played in 2016. That 58-44 win over Louisiana Tech. That was a great game. Uh, just, you know, uh, lots of scoring. I think at the time, Tech was scoring like crazy all the time. And so was Western Kentucky. It is great to see, if you just like football, Western Kentucky being the team that, you know, they are now, right? You know, like the uh, the big offense scoring lots of points team uh it, it it's it's fun it's good times uh what else do we have um the oh the atmosphere i don't know uh, somebody somebody asked this question right yeah like i don't know that west kentucky's ever going to see or has seen a crowd this big i think that's mostly true i don't think they've seen a crowd this loud UTSA earned the right to host this game, and um, you know that's that's the reason the games matter. Um, Forty-five, I think that's what they said. Maybe fifty thousand people. 
uh, are going to be at this game. It might set the record for the conference. Uh, yeah, I forget what that was. I think somebody mentioned it was like um, UCF or something like that. You know, big time thing here. Uh, big time game. It's good to see the conference, and it, and it also sucks for the conference that uh, one of the biggest games that they're gonna that uh, they're gonna see is hosted by a team that's gonna lose, right? And that the previous record was also by a team that left. Um, but yeah, I don't know that Dowdy and company, at least recently, right? And we just talked about the the games they played, not really in front of you know gigantic packed stadiums full of fans. Uh, this is going to be a lot of UTSA fans, you know, in the dome. So it echoes a ton. Um, you know, I'm from San Antonio. I've been to lots of games, uh, like Alamo Bowl games. Those are like 50-50 games, right? Uh, but it does get very loud in the Alamo Dome. And, you know, that's even with like 35,000 fans. I covered the UAB UTSA game last week, 35,000 fans when you're down the field, it's deafening, right? The roar is just, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, the, the fans did help UTSA um, cause some penalties on UAB, right? Uh, well, I guess they just helped UAB do some false starts and things. Can they adjust, right? Can you do the offense? Can you make your line calls? Can you do everything you need to do when, the, when it's ridiculously loud? I don't know. Um, there is something of a caveat here is that a lot of these fans are new fans, right? New converts. And, you know, maybe if you're a Western Kentucky fan or whoever, right, you want to make fun of you just say, go ahead, right? You say, well, you know, they have to teach your fans how to cheer. They don't know. They don't have real fans. Sure. Right. All those things are true. Um, uh, but you know, nobody else had 50,000 people, uh, sign up for the championship game. So, uh, I think any team, any program in this league would say, yeah, let me get 50,000. Um, so w one thing about <laughs> having all these fans is another thing I saw at the UAB-UTSA game is on that final drive and then one before it where Frank Harris is getting to lunch and do everything, you have fans in the, like the, uh, what is that, south? What am I thinking, the north end zone? yelling and then some of the players at the end of the bench like hey shut the hell up you know <laughs> stop <laughs> stop talking when stop screaming when we're on offense they don't really understand the cadence required uh also somewhere halfway through the game the a wave started cool i guess um you know some things that are not super helpful so you know, if you're like, well, they're going to have a ton of fans there, it is an uh, unmitigated good. Maybe not necessarily just because of those aspects, right? Just because you have to deal with some crowds and maybe being loud while you're on offense and, you know, it's not just a normal 24, 25, it's going to be 50,000 people in there. Uh, maybe it hurts everybody. That said, I think it's going to be w one thing that UTSA does is they really rely on the on the PA announcer to kind of drive the fan engagement, right? Uh, it's a little like, hey, Roadrunner fans, get loud! It's time to get loud, that kind of thing. Well, you're not gonna have it because I think it's a, it's technically a Conference USA game hosted by UTSA, so everybody needs to remain neutral. It needs to be like, uh, you know, third down, and not like, all right, everybody get on your feet, third down, that kind of thing, right? Um, that might change a little bit of it. Who knows? You know, without the 
without the guidance, maybe maybe ETSA fans are like, you know, let me pay attention to the game a little bit. Maybe they're not, and then it just becomes so something like fifty fifty. My guesstimate, if it's anything like that UAB game where it was like ninety nine percent UTSA fans, there was a small smattering of UAB people there. I think a lot of them were just, you know, parents. Um, you know, some people are like, Western Kentucky travels really well. You know, I've covered the the basketball tournament. Western Kentucky uh, basketball fans are traveling. They're a traveling bunch. I don't know how well they travel for football. Right? We'll, we'll see. We haven't had to see it, uh, you know, in recent years. So... I know a handful of you, uh, maybe you're listening right now. You said you're making it down. If you do, make it down. Uh, you know, hit me on the Twitters. Uh, maybe we can uh, meet up and, and, you know, I can show you around a little bit. Who knows? What we do know is that there's a chance to see West Kentucky hoist the, the trophy again on the road in, uh, you know, in some incredible circumstances uh, and, and just, you know, you look at the, the breadth of their, their time uh, you know, lose Jeff Brom, hire Mike Sanford, who was terrible, and then, you know, replace him with Tyson Helton. And in, is it two years, right? He has a chance to, you know, climb the mountain. An incredible turnaround there. Uh, I think Western Kentucky uh, just overall has been a good program. They they do a lot of good things. They really support basketball. And they've been winners in football. So if you're if you want to complain and say, well, they don't do enough, they don't support, you know, football enough. They also have won, right? They've won this league a handful of times now, or two times, you know, competed in this other one. That's a big deal. Um, that's something that I think uh, should be recognized a little bit more than it, than it has, perhaps. Um, and, you know, we're, we might see something, you know, pretty incredible, incredible turnaround. Meanwhile, uh, hold on, what am I looking at right here? This uniform tracker. I'm not going to look at this uniform tracker. I don't know. Well, now that I look at it, I see that uh, Western Kentucky, they publish like what their records are. They're best when they wear, what, red on red, 9 and 4? Oh, wait, red and black, 10 and 4. And, well, they do white, red, they're 17 and 9. They're going to be on the road. So um, I think UTSA likes to wear their blue. Uh, I think they're kind of keeping it a secret. Um, so we're going to see white. What combination of white? White, black, 6 and 9. White, white, 14 and 10. White, red, 17 and 9. So maybe it's the white, red. Uh, I should not look at these because I'm going to get sucked into it. Um, UTSA, meanwhile, right? Uh, 10 years, right? Th this is a celebration of the 10th year. Of playing in the Alamo Dome, or playing, you know, having the program. Uh, I did go to the first game. There was fifty-six thousand people there when they played Northwestern State. Uh, it was incredible, right? It's super loud. Uh, you can, if you think it's awkward now, it was more awkward then. Uh, a lot of people just kind of showing up to see something, you know, like a novelty, and you know, not necessarily football fans. Uh, there's a lot of instructing on people and what to do and when that kind of thing. Uh, you can just tell that San Antonians overall were not college football fans. Uh, there's a lot of NFL fans there, high school football fans, but not necessarily college football fans. And in this 10 years, you can see uh, the the growth of the program. There's been some valleys, uh, some mini peaks, I would say. Um, 
but you see the city starting to embrace the winner. And I, I think way back when I, I always said something like that. Like, I think that UAB, for a lot of reasons, right, because Birmingham's a big town. And then San Antonio were similar in that it's it has a possibility of being, like, the team of the town, right? Like, you get a winner there, and you start recruiting some locals, and you can really do some special things, right? Because the potential, right? And this has been sort of proven all by Cincinnati and, uh, and all these other uh, programs in, in big metropolitan areas. Um, UTSA, uh, it's a very special season, right? The perfect storm uh, of, uh, of things there. If there's ever a time in South Texas to be very good, it's when UT is down and A&M is not so great, and that's exactly the case. Um, <laughs> the only thing that would make it a little bit, like, even like the San Antonio Spurs are not very good right now. They have a losing record. The only thing that would give them more attention or just be uh, help them be more of the the program of the of the state is if um, the Cowboys are not good, right? And there would just be absolutely no reason <laughs> to not care about UTSA. As it is, you have a chance to win a title, right? Um, which is, you know, another milestone. There was that whole, um, hey, we're just a program. We're trying to reach a lot of the first. Very much like UCF, right? Where, um, uh, and like USF. Really trying to win and, and just establish things. So all those first milestones were, were huge. Like first bowl game. Uh, I don't think they have a bowl win, right? No bowl win. Uh, but, like, first bowl win, first uh, bowl eligibility, first, uh, you know, eight-win season, nine-win season, that kind of thing. This one winning 11 games, as you will hear from a lot of UTSA fans. It's been um, special, you know, 11-win season in only 10 years, right? First, you know, 11-1. Big deal. Um, and, you know, conference championship, in my mind, is bigger, Right. I've had this conversation with other college football fans, and, you know, they're like, ah, well, you know, I'd rather win this and that. I think trophies are what matter, right, especially as you get more removed from the details of a particular season. Uh, you know, maybe the super super fans, super diehards remember, like, well, that, that win over so-and-so was pretty good. Uh, when it comes down to it, you start looking at the, the trophies, right? Ooh, ooh, did we win anything? Did we win any conference championships? Did we win any uh, bowl championships, as uh, some people call them? What did we win? Where's the hardware, right? You play for trophies. And that's what this is about. This is a this is a trophy town, right? It's trophy. Uh, these are not to be dismissed. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I was reminded. W one thing I, I thought was disappointed about the way that UTSA approached the North Texas game was that they were, I mean, yes, they're looking forward to trophies, but they're also kind of missing out on the specialness of the season. I think there's, like, a hierarchy to these kinds of important things, right? Trophies, number one, and then number two is, like, doing it in a special way. Uh, I was reminded of, uh, was it Pep Guardiola on the Man City? Uh, like, uh, what is it called? Um, All or Nothing. And he was just kind of talking about how like, yeah, you, you try to reach 100 points because it's there, right? Like, you try to reach these special moments because they're very difficult and very unique, and, and you know, uh, that'll put you not only in just, like, in memory, like I said, you look back and say, um, yeah, who won the title? That's important. But then you say, who won the title and then set records also? That's extra special. That's extra. It's the first team you talk about, right? Um, you know, like, say, like, the Chicago Bulls won six titles, 
but I think the most special was the seven two win one, right? That's when you really talk about. Um, you know, that that's kinda how it works. Anyway, UTSA on the verge of winning their first title, first conference championship, uh, in you know, within the first ten years. I think that's a, that's an excellent mark. That's uh, something to be proud of. And, you know, what happens if you lose? Let's talk about that. We'll start with West Kentucky. I think it's less of a sting, right? Because you're like, hey, this shows where we're back. You know, we've kind of reestablished. We have a coach that knows what to look for. We know a coach that can recognize uh, offensive coaching talent. Uh, it rec- recognizes, um, uh, you know, obviously player talent, right? And uh, uh, Zappy and Stearns. And we reestablished a brand, right? You know, Western Kentucky is where you can come and you can throw the ball around. We have a long history of doing so. Zappy, Dowdy, um, Mike White, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, however, Zappy's going to graduate. Stearns, I, I don't know the eligibility clock right now, but they're not going to be around forever. So, yeah, this is your opportunity. You play to win the game, right? You play to win trophies. And if you don't get this trophy, then what? Right. Yes, you're still good and you're set up to win in the future, but I mean, you're playing to win trophies, right? Right here is a trophy. Zappy's going to be here only for the one year, right? So you don't want to miss out and then, and then, and then what, right? Like Marshall, so close last year, and they're not here to defend it. Um, UTSA, if you lose this one, something similar there. Uh, I forget exactly what Frank Harris's uh, eligibility is, but I think this is it, right? I don't forget it. He might have a COVID year. He's been there forever. He's had a couple injuries. And, you know, I don't know that he continues. So, one, <laughs> we're saying the same thing about both quarterbacks, both teams, right, is that the quarterbacks makes make the program. And Frank Harris, I think the thing about him, whatever you want to say about, you know, he, he does turn the ball over too much. He does make some mistakes. But I think he's a playmaker. Uh, y- I mean, you watch the game. He had a terrible game against North Texas, and he runs for 69 yards in a score. Right, playmakers make plays even when they're bad, and um, you know, look at the UAB game. He he uh, did he throw an interception that one? He almost threw one. Uh, he definitely fumbled, and uh, he, he was kind of loose with the ball, but he engineered the drive that that won it for him. Right? Uh, I think if you're defending against him, you don't want to give him a chance to make some plays. Like you know, just take the turnovers that he'll throw or he'll let it give you, and then be happy about it. Uh, you know, just to extra support my point, against North Texas, he nearly threw an interception to uh, one of the Murphy twins on like a little screen pass. The guy drops it. But if he intercepts it and takes it all the way back or even just intercepts it and keeps the ball, then we don't see uh, Frank Harris run for 69 yards. Uh, I've made this point about uh, this team, UTSA, all season, that he'll throw the ball, he'll be loose with it, you got to take advantage or he'll make you pay. So there's a note, Western Kentucky coaches who are listening to this podcast and preparing for the game, because I'm sure that's how they prepare for all the games. Um, you know, you're missing an opportunity, right? I think he was, uh, Jeff Trailer was asked this question this season. Who, you know, like, how do you, like, blah, 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 replace a guy like this? He's like, well, you recruit, right? I have my guys out there recruiting, doing all the work, et cetera, et cetera. You can't really replace him. If, it, if there was a secret formula saying, look, I know what the next great quarterback is going to be and we're just going to bring him in here, it's gonna, there's going to be no change. Then, I mean, I guess you'd be Lincoln Riley, right? He's the only one that can do that, except for the time when he couldn't do that, 
He brought Spencer Rattler in, but then he's like, oh, how about this other guy, Thompson, whatever. Um, you know, you, <laughs> you <laughs> you're going to miss sometimes, right? And here we are in this situation where the most special season is not done. It's not completed. And even in the future, even if uh, UTSA went, loses this game, there'll be a lot of good memories associated with it, right? Hey, remember that time we went 11-2, and two, and it was so great and amazing, uh, and we were so close in the championship game, et cetera. But it will hurt a lot more. It'd be that special season where we lost, right? And you only have to ask, like, Marshall, well, Marshall last year, uh, and then Marshall at the time they lost to, to Rice. Um, and, you know, any team that's got to play in the championship game and then couldn't couldn't do it, right, losing in a tech, um, Middle Tennessee when they almost stole it, right? UAB uh, a couple seasons ago. Uh, you get close, even like, you know, like it, you, c- it's not guaranteed. Like North Texas, right? You know, same thing. Mason Fine, second year, got him to the championship game. There was some conversation with North Texas fans where they were like, yeah, we're going to be here in a couple of seasons. He's only a sophomore. We're going to be here next year, maybe the senior year. We're going to be so good. And they weren't, right? You can't guarantee it. You have to take it. The moments in front of you are the precious moments. It's all you have. And, um, you know, I, I think of the two, it's probably be a little bit more devastating for UTSA to lose this. But I'm sure there's a bunch of people that are like, well, you know, the, the ride was great. We don't necessarily need to win it. Or who cares? I think the players will care. Um, everybody, uh, every championship game they've covered, you can see the team that loses. And it feels like the worst. It looks like the worst thing. Uh, that could ever happen to anybody. Um, so yeah, I, I I think there's a there's a little bit for let's say like Jeff Trailer. You win this one, then you get to be conference championship winning head coach Jeff Trailer, and then and then continue that way. Uh, he's already got a lot of you know he's got a, like a ten year contract, whatever. He has has a lot of cachet, but uh, in you know, cautionary tale was across the the way from you last week, Jeff. Uh, looking at Seth Luttrell, who was, you know, the golden boy for a bit, winning a lot of games, and then all of a sudden, by his fan base, uh, I think the local media there, I saw there was like, uh, hey, Seth Luttrell should have taken that Kansas State job. I don't know what he's thinking now. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, it can very quickly turn around, and a lot of that is if you don't find a quarterback. So, yeah, if you have a quarterback lined up, ready to go, ready to step in and do what Frank Harris does right now, then great. Then, you know, losing this game is not such a big deal. Um, but... If uh, if not, um, you know this is this is very important. So you you can make the argument like, well, what do you mean, uh, Adam? Aren't aren't you saying that yeah he should have taken Frank Harris out because it is important and he was preparing for it and he does realize why and in in the gravity of it. Yeah, point taken. Um, what else do we have to talk about in this one? Uh. I guess if you're not, I mean, this, there's a lot to talk about in this championship game. Uh, but I, I will mention uh, Ollie Jennings, Old Dominion, just dominant. He was a player of the week, offensive player of the week. Uh, D'Angelo Malone was the defensive player of the week. And then Braden Narvison was West Kentucky's, uh, the special team player of the week. Uh, you know, just just some outstanding play from, from Jennings. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm shocked at Old Dominion. And I think uh, shout out to Middle Tennessee. There they got announced to go to the the Bahamas Bowl against Toledo. Um, 
I really did not see that. And I think it's just a credit to, to Rick Stockstill for, you know, maintaining. The guy's won for like 20 years over there in Middle Tennessee. He's an institution there. He had some criticism. I thought some well-founded, some, you know, uh, you know, important criticism of the way he handled COVID uh, by his offensive coordinator, uh, former offensive coordinator, Tony Franklin. But here he is, taking a team that many didn't think was going to do very much to a 6-6 six and six record, uh, and then even bouncing back within the season, right? So uh, good stuff there. There are some questions, outstanding questions on who is going to be in a bowl and who's going to get left out. I think everybody kind of feels like, yeah, it's probably going to be a, a Conference USA squad. And, I mean, you, you know, like Middle Tennessee made it. Are you leaving Old Dominion out? Right, they're a great story. Are you leaving them out? Are you leaving North Texas out? They're a great story. I think UTEP gets in before North Texas because they have seven wins. There's something like a sort of like obligation there. So it's basically Old Dominion, North Texas that you're looking at. Other bowl eligible teams are obviously UTSA, UAB at eight and four, UTEP at seven and five, uh, Western eight and four, Marshall seven and five. So it really is that Old Dominion squad. That uh, you know, both teams started one and six, got to six and six. I think Old Dominion's a great story. Uh, you know, Bobby Wilder, uh, everybody loves the guy. He he filled his last two rosters with a lot of transfers to try to win. Didn't happen. A lot of people left after he got fired. Um, there was a COVID year. They didn't even play. Ricky Ronnie comes in. Uh, you know, basically coached up a, a COVID year. So this was like a startup program. They didn't start out very strongly, but closed very strongly and then and then blow out uh charlotte you know to end the season in incredible fashion great coaching job you can see why ricky ronnie uh got hired then right he's a good coach um let's see uh yeah so outside of that how about uh louisiana tech firing skip holtz i'm a big fan of skip holtz for a lot of reasons i think he's a good coach he won a ton I think he was the most uh, like the the most successful coach for Louisiana Tech in the FBS era, like the most recent one. He did a lot of good. He was very consistent. Won six straight bowl games. I thought that was a huge accomplishment. Um, you know, I can understand why they let him go, considering like, hey, things are changing. We need a new guy. We're gonna bounce. You know, step up, do some things. Um, you know, but I I think like say Jim Harbaugh is an excellent. Um, case study in, in working with the guy and, and then, you know, uh, seeing some changes happen on the field and benefiting from it. This is a down year, sure. Uh, three and nine, uh, but I thought they had a chance to do something better uh, here and there. And, and, you know, you can say this is a first, maybe a second whiff of the season, but he's done so much there. They had like 15 draft picks, you know, 15 guys go to the NFL or something like that. Uh, it just seems strange. Now they have Sonny Cumbie. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, and then uh, Will Hall. He's he's starting to coach him up over there at Southern Miss. We'll see what happens there. Mike Bloomgren, what are you doing? I think maybe he might be on the hot seat. Uh, a similar hot seat to Dana Demo. We saw what he did this season. I don't know that that lasts. FIU is looking for a new coach. 0-8. 1-11 on the season. Just a terrible, awful year. He only scored 112 points in the conference. Did you know that? Southern Miss, who didn't have a quarterback, scored 145. Uh, what other stories do we have? 
FAU Willie Taggart. I don't know. I, I thought a lot of good was going to come out of out of uh, uh, Boca Raton, and it didn't. And uh, I think maybe he might be on the hot seat. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the the, the Ryan twenty twenty one championship game, San Antonio Texas six p.m. Friday December third. It's going to be on CBS Sports Network. Um, let's see what else do we got? Uh, uh, Rich Waltz, Aaron Taylor, Jenny Dell. Your announcers, I think, if you've watched any CBS Sports Network games, you you probably are familiar with them. Uh, what else do we have? What else do we have about the game? There is uh, go through some MVPs, former MVPs. Uh, you know, if there's like a sports betting side, take some take some uh some bets on who's gonna win the MVP. Uh, we'll do like the last five, right? I don't want to go back that far. Um, Anthony Wales, Western Kentucky, won MVP. Uh, Kaleeb Woods, FAU, when uh, Florida Atlantic beat North Texas. Spencer Brown, when uh, UAB beat Middle. Uh, Chris Robeson, when Florida Atlantic beat UAB. And Spencer Brown again, when UAB beat Marshall. Um, you know, I, if I had to guess, it's probably going to be Bailey Zappi. And if it's not him and, and, uh, and you know, UTSA wins, it's either going to be Frank Harris or Sincere McCormick. I just, you know, this is probably what happens. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, uh, Western Kentucky averaging 43 a game, UTSA 36 a game. First and second in scoring in Conference USA and uh, second and 14th in the FBS. Yeah, there you go. I always said that Conference USA, you have to score in this league to to get in there. There's, you know, uh, I think outside of UAB, like every team that's won or been in the championship game has been like one or two in scoring. And I think like UAB was like third or something like that for a couple of seasons. But they just they always have the best defense or something. So, uh, you know, it sort of balances out the the what you call it, the Pooza rule, the exception. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Oh, in terms of all time, I don't think that Bailey Zab is going to throw eight touchdowns, but it's crazy that he's thrown, like, for, like, the, the fewest he's thrown has been, like, three in a game. Uh, he's two off of David Klinger's record, uh, 54. He has 52 now. Uh, Colt Brennan, uh, the late Colt Brennan, 58, uh, scores in 2006, and then, obviously, Joe Burrow, 2019 season, where he threw 60. In 15 games, though, you know, like, it's, some of these other guys threw it in like eight games or something like that. Um, so, you know, there you go. Uh, I think that Zappy probably gets, he's going to get at least three or four touchdowns. So we should see him become third all time in the single season touchdown record. Incredible story for him. I think he has 1,400 yards or 14,000 yards total in his career. And then last year, you know, he only played like four games, right? Because Houston Baptist didn't, didn't play. So just just ridiculous. Um, let me again not leave out Jarrett Stearns. He's uh, was uh, eight catches away from Trent Taylor's Louisiana Tech record uh, in single se- season receptions. He has one twenty seven. Again, Trent Taylor had one thirty six. So there you go. Um, you know he's he's also ridiculous. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm looking at these names here like uh, Richie James. Uh, this is the Conference USA single season record. Sorry, uh, you know a lot of these are recent. It's kind of crazy. Uh, single season receiving yards in Conference USA. Stearns has fifteen hundred. Um, 
Richie James, 1,600. Taewon Taylor, West Kentucky, uh, 2016, 1,700. The record is Trent Taylor's 1,800 yards in 2016 on 136 catches. I don't know that <laughs> it c- it's possible. Jared Stern could get um, that's like less than 300 yards away. So he can get, you know, like a 300-yard gain. I can definitely see it. Uh, who else do we have? I'm not going to say these names. Like Donnie Avery, he was good. Carlos Henderson was good. Um, all time. Say Jones has, uh, for East Carolina in 2016, 158 receptions. So ridiculous. Um, you know, Troy Edwards is uh, 1998. 140 uh, receptions was, was the one for a long time. Manny Hazard's 1989 record, 142. Uh, you know, Jarrett Stearns at 127. He's going to get a catch in this one. I figure, say he gets 10 catches, right? He's going to finish, like, sixth all-time behind, like, say, Nate Burleson, Nevada. And then, again, past Trent Taylor. So look out for that one. Um, and that's, that's I think it's about everything I want to talk about here. If you haven't watched UTSA and you're a West Kentucky fan, I mean, you did watch the one game they play, right? Um, it's like this. They're going to run with Sincere McCormick, or at least attempt to. He's a g- more of a grinder, but he can break a big one. He has broken uh, a few. Uh, that uh, Old Dominion game, uh, I'm sorry, that uh, UTEP game was a big one. Uh, to me, the game breakers are Zakari Franklin. He can catch one-handed things. He can make catches that shouldn't be caught. Uh, and then you look over at um, uh, DeCorian De- Clark. He's a big-time uh, playmaker. And then also uh, Joshua Cephas. They have some dudes that can make some plays. Um, you know, like where Frank Harris would just kind of throw it up and say, go make a play. Go forth and make plays. Um, it should be fun. And then if you're, you know, uh, a UTSA team and you hadn't watched West Kentucky outside of the game that you played, uh, I mean, it, it you're not, it, it's mostly Bailey Zappi still. Uh, I don't know if that, that there's anything else to say. They have a handful of dudes because I, I, I think uh, it was, I can't think of his name right now. Let me look to see uh, if I have it in front of me. Well, I want to say the dude, uh, he's like a freshman guy for Western Kentucky. Uh, he's good. I don't want to derail the show while trying to find one guy. Uh, Tinsley, is it? No, yeah, no. Tinsley's a, he's a junior. Who am I thinking of? Uh, oh, I know what I'm thinking of. He's, he's a redshirt junior. David Davis, he was balling out. He was uh, catching short passes turned him up the field. He caught a couple long passes against Marshall. Um, mostly what you got to worry about is like this defense, this West Kentucky defense has played very well uh, in, in recent recent games. And again, sure, it's been against bad teams, but um, they've been blowing them out. And, uh, you know, they, they hung around. Uh, they, they, they got to Marshall's quarterbacks, and even though that wasn't Grant, well, Grant Wells the whole time, they got to him. They, they stopped the running game. You know, they're very good. I'm very excited about this week's game. I think it's going to be an incredible matchup. Uh, you know, hopefully nobody gets injured. Hopefully we see a clean game. Uh, hopefully we don't see any any silly referee mistakes. Um, and for everybody, you know, I spend time watching this league that we get a good championship game. Uh, these last couple of weeks have been really good, right? Uh, UAB, UTSA is probably the game of the year. Uh, Marshall. Western Kentucky it was not super entertaining, but uh, you know, it had a little drama in it. 
And I think the way that Western Kentucky just blows teams out is entertaining in, in some way. Um, in this one, I think we're going to get a, a matchup. If we, see, if we see half of what we saw in October or half of what we saw versus uh, in the UAB game, then I think we'll be we'll have a lot to to enjoy and to talk about. Um, there's bad ways to allow like you know, fifty points. Um, I I don't think that this is a a bad way. That that shootout that they had, I mean, well maybe Western Kentucky was kind of kind of bad defense, but UTSA was trying things. Right, they they dropped back into a soft zone. Bailey Zappi picked them off, uh, and then they started changing it up, bringing some pressure, getting into his face. And then Zappi had to make some adjustments. That's something that he's seen um, in his career, but definitely uh, as the season's gone on. And so I'm interested to see what the counter to the counter is going to be from UTSA. They're hurting right now, right? They got ran all over, and I think they they've you know been focusing on tackling and making sure they don't get embarrassed this week. So they're going to have a little chip on their shoulder. I think we see an angry UTSA team. Uh, and you know I I don't really have prediction right now i think utsa is going to come out and play very well uh you know from a uh roadrunner fan here i think that i'm a little concerned that the team has played poorly defensively about three weeks in a row right that sure you held southern miss but southern miss um you know they had some good things and the only thing that was like the saving grace for the defense was that they didn't have a quarterback. Their receiver was throwing two receivers. And then uh, you get sliced up for, for uh, what was it, 379 uh, total offense in the first half against UAB. You know, just get bombed over by Trey Shop, uh, Shropshire and then ran all over by uh, Dwayne McBride. And then you follow that up with just not being able to, to guard uh, anybody on North Texas, uh, uh, any of the running backs. And just the tackling is ridiculous. There's like couple of highlight real plays the um deandre torrey just dancing around the defensive tackle like making five guys miss and then getting sliced up by like the backup running backs uh and then a thing that that's not uh obvious is that north texas didn't have really good receivers out there and they hit a couple plays over the top at least one late right so um you can't really say well it's been this one thing or this other one thing I think there's a real concern about UTSA's defense and whether or not they can stop them. So that's 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 it. Western, um, I think on that side, if you're a Western fan, you're like, well, can we make sure that Bailey Zappi doesn't get hurt? Is uh, the Hicks guy right from UTSA? They, the UTSA defensive line, when they can, they they don't have to defend the run. When they uh, you know can tee off, they can get two quarterbacks. They got to Zappi. They can do it. Uh, Rashad Wisdom is a good safety. They have playmakers throughout like the spine on UTSA's defense. And again, they're going to be playing angry. They're going to be playing in front of their home crowd. They're going to be ready. And if they get a little bit of that momentum, if Bailey Zappi doesn't read something right, throws an interception, it could start in like an avalanche, right, of like uh, just that kind of thing. I think that's what you're concerned with. Make sure Zappi doesn't get hurt. You stay in it. You don't get down too much or something like that where, you know, in a game, we had a game plan that goes out the window because now you have to chase it, do some risky things. Um, and then, like, hey, can your defense, you know, stay with UTSA? They're going to be playing angry. They're going to be running angry. Uh, you know, Zachary Franklin, uh, you know, as I say, Cephas and uh, DeCorian Clark, those guys, and then the tight end dude, 
uh, Cardinals, they call it the called the touchdown. They're gonna be playing and excited to not be playing in rain, right? <laughs> They're gonna say, "Hey, look, the offense is gonna feature us now. We're gonna get a chance to run around, and we can catch the ball too." Uh, we torch these uh, Western Kentuckys uh, corners over here, so we're gonna get a chance to to do our thing and show off what we can do. Um, yeah, like I'm excited about it. There's a lot. To, there's a lot to. There's a lot to to talk about. We're gonna write some of this up. We'll be a, a preview with some more stats and things a little bit later. Um, I, I do get a sense that some, uh, you know, a lot of people are excited about this game than, and say than than they were about like FAU and UAB for whatever reason, uh, or even Marshall and UAB. Uh, I seem like the only one that cared about it for a second there. But I got some some text or and some uh, some questions by some some fan fans. Of other teams, they're like, "Hey, you know, this is a big game. Uh, what do you think about this, that, and the other?" So, uh, yeah, hopefully we're all entertained, and it's not—it's a good use of our time. You know what I mean? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're done here. We'll talk some more basketball soon. Uh, like, hey, Louisiana Tech's uh, dude, uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. is balling out right now, so uh, he's a story. Uh, you know, North Texas had played well in the little tournament there. They're the defending champs. I haven't watched Western Kentucky very closely, but I know that they are doing okay. Last I heard, UAB's good. Um, you know, lots to talk about in basketball. I'm excited about basketball. I love talking basketball. Uh, we'll get into that as the new year comes around and we get into conference play. That's when we're going to have uh, a little bit more of that and some fun stuff there. Anyways, thanks for listening. Um, become a member. Support the site so we can keep doing this. We can pay some people to do some other coverage. And it's you're not just waiting on me to do it all the time. Um, and, and you ensure that it keeps going in whatever form. Uh, the very early sketch of this whole thing is that we'll probably migrate with a lot of the teams that go to the AAC. We're not going to call it the AAC report. Uh, but then I, I think there's some interest in keeping uh, some focus on Conference USA. So there might be still a Conference USA report in some form or fashion in the future uh but if we get this uh, kind of support uh you know like the memberships and can support what we do here then it sort of ensures that happens you know what i mean anyway later y'all have a good one